0: Welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, emotional health, psychological health, physical health awareness in men, women, and society. First, it started with MAN, the acronym for Men Are Nuts. And we have a very special guest on the show for you today. Can you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, yeah, my name's uh, Tony Hughes. Um, I'm from sunny South Wales.
0: Sunny South Wales? Is it. When you say sunny South Wales, is thats that. Some, is that, is that... Is that what it's usually called or is it? Is it... No, it's it just a sunny
1: day today. Sunny day Yeah, I'm today. down on the south coast, so it's often very nice
0: down oh, here. Oh, yeah, the coast. Yeah, it's the coast. Yeah. I, I often forget that Wales is coastal, but I remember go, coming... Um, I've been down there a few times and I remember, gosh, going, to, going... I remember going to the city, which was... was it Cardiff or whatever?
2: In
1: Cardiff, yeah. Yeah, and,
0: and then going and then someone took me out and I thought, wait, it's coastal. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, so, beautiful coast yes it's, beautiful, it's really nice coast. down there really
2: nice
1: yeah. So, As I to say one of the biggest things I was going to say about this whole um, the, the Covid restrictions and mental health is they've actually closed the beaches down so we're not allowed to go and visit them because we're in lockdown so that's had a huge impact here yeah. in this country I think on people's yeah. mental I mean, health we're not even allowed to visit our own coastline
0: yeah this is, this is, this is a strange thing um And anyone could quote me on this or, or, you know, say I'm wrong or whatever, but you're not supposed to close beaches. I know people go down there and congregate all together, but you're supposed to, it's not like this thing is out there. You know, it's like, it's like a cold. I would catch it off you if I'm near you. If I'm not near you, I'm not going to catch it. I'm not going to catch it from the air. It's not like an airborne thing where you're walking around. Because if it was airborne, everybody would have it because everybody breathes in the same, everyone's breathing the same air. So
2: yep.
0: it's if I come near you if I come into your house or I'm next to you for a long period of time I'm more likely to get cold I get a cold just like if somebody who smokes I, if you come near enough and the, near enough the tobacco and you near enough the, often enough you're you're gonna get a cough or you might get an, whatever it may be beaches are not if, if uh, no one noticed this but if you noticed last year when they put all these restrictions on that's when the figures the so-called figures went up yeah. now that if that doesn't show you what uh, how bad an example if you put the restriction and you put people in houses and you put them together in houses and one person has it then there's more than likely the other's going to get it but they might some might get it mildly some might not get it at all or it's like like say a cold some people might not everyone in the house is going to get it and if one gets it yeah. it might get it worse than the other, and it might be the older person or someone with respiratory problems. So I just find the whole thing of not going to the beach a strange thing. Um, if, there's, if they said to go to the beach and then people made spaces between each other, then that's a fair enough. But to say people don't go out to parks and beach is um, a strange thing because nothing, it doesn't exist in the, it's not this thing that exists in the air. So. No yeah it's a it's a strange one no
1: it was madness it's just lots and lots of restrictions like i so said considering we're supposed to live in a democracy here it doesn't feel like it because currently us yes, in wales we're still in lockdown so
0: right okay so you guys are still so you yeah
1: england's around you have all got back to school my son is still here upstairs doing my idea
0: All oh, right. <laughs> so so um wales haven't followed england then Oh, back to school nope, this week. So no, nope, complete
1: restrictions and um, my son is 13 and he's not going back to school till after Easter holidays, which is middle of April, which is ridiculous.
0: Wow. So, honestly, mm. that's, that's, has it made a lot of people um, angry?
1: Very, very, very angry. Um, uh, the mental health here, particularly around this area, is very high. Um, I don't know if you know much. Ben was also known as the suicide capital of uh, the UK for a yeah. long time yeah. because it's such a sort of um, a low area, you know, for progression. For social, there's not a lot to do. Um, what
0: area is, is that, did you say?
1: Bridgend.
0: So, Bridgend, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, so in Bridgend, so there's a lot. Um, and so, people, it, they hate, they're not liking the restrictions and i said the mental health you've got people who've got so many issues who need to go out and socialize with people or need help who've got anger issues and they need to go out and breathe and calm down or meditate to do anything and they're just not allowed out we're just kept in and pressed and it's driving people mad and then they tell you you're restricted on your alcohol take and you can't buy certain drinks um after a certain time of day so everyone just goes to the supermarket and buys a (laughs) a shed load (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. fix it all like It's the worst state So if anything It's driven up The issues Rather
0: than You know help yeah. them out yeah so, it's, yeah so it would cause People are rebelling Yeah it would cause Other effects So it would Be yeah. then that people you, That's something That's not been brought up As well Is yeah. Yes The thing to do with Domestic violence And all that sort of stuff But So people But ang- the anger part yeah. People who may be Struggling With anger, what do you call it?
1: Yeah, with that's anger, because you've got, I've got a lot of friends with ADHD, um, or I said I've got generalized anxiety disorder, they thought I had ADHD, but you need to get out, you, you feel claustrophobic, you feel frustrated, and that's when often people lash out, and I've got a lot of friends with either mental health issues or learning disabilities, and they can't contain it, they need to be free.
0: Right, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that's something really that's, that hasn't come out. That's something, yes, because I've always said, funny enough I mean if you ever listen to ever, any one of the first podcasts I, I did and when this thing kicked off last year yeah. I, it was in March and I said the biggest fallout of this yes we can talk about people dying but people die from the flu every year yeah. um, the fallout of this the biggest is um, mental health you know we can sit here yeah. and go yes okay um, um, okay so you're not saying that the fallout of it is death well like I say If you look at the figures for flu, which I haven't released even last year, the previous year. No, they
2: didn't release
0: them. Yeah, if you look at the figures um, for how many years for flu, ongoing flu, people have died. People have died from pneumonia and things. So, yes, that's, and so that means it stands to reason that some, it stands to reason that people will die. So, with that in mind then, we've got to look at what is the main issue going to be caused then. Yes, it's, yes, death. Okay. Fair enough. But the main issue is gonna be mental health. It's gonna oh. be mental health. And it's gonna skyrocket. And that's what I said last year. And lo and behold, it's um it's taken its toll. People are uh, uh, are struggling, like you say. And you said you you you, you said bridge end is the like the suicide capital. Yeah,
1: really high. It's, it's, yeah, death is the consequence, isn't it? And the cause is depression. And yeah. I think the the country our country, yes, I know you're in a different country. Um, I think has been in depression for quite a long time um, because of the way things have been run. I think, I think the COVID has just aggravated the situation. Right. I don't think it's caused the situation. I think it's made it worse. Um, I think there's been a huge problem for a long time, and I think it's just the way that socially, I said, yeah, mental health is not looked at and not treated properly. It's an invisible illness. It's not treated like breaking a broken arm or a leg, is it? Yeah, it's in a yeah. different um, and way of dealing with it, and they don't look at how depression is caused and the chemical imbalances of it in enough detail. Yeah. Um. I, so I'm going to go back a couple of years ago. Um. Before I, uh, I run my own business. I run a training provider, and I wanted to help. Particularly, I used to work with youngsters in school. They were yeah. kind of age 11 to 16, and so many of them, I'd sort of say, right, what are you going to do? And they be on drugs, alcohol, uh, leaving school at sort of 12, 13. You know, getting into help state. And I'd say, well, you know, why? And they say, well, because I can't do anything. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm not very clever. I've got ADHD. I've got anger issues. I've got this. I've got that. I'm like, who's told you that? You know, who, who's made this value? you? Have look to them or give them support. Um, so I, I tried to start a charity, unfortunately it didn't work because this country is not the way it is, um, to do what's called Confidence Through Learning, to try and help kids understand that we're all wired differently, yeah. and we all need to understand how we're wired and how amazing we are, and to look after our own mental health before we can then help other people. And if you help one person, then that one person will help two people, and that two people will help other people. And we need to bring this into the education system and teach people how we're wired up, because there are 32 different mental combinations of wiring in the head, dominance profile, and you can work it out quite easily. And then you can see what you're good at naturally, why you're anxious about certain things, how you deal with certain situations, how you deal with stress, and it can just make such a difference and change somebody's confidence about themselves. And it's just not put into the system. I've been fighting this sport for a long, long time. I've been brick wall and not getting anywhere,
0: um, because yeah, people are just not appreciated of how great they are. Yeah, and I was going to ask you—I to ask you something. What do you think to this? Because um, do you and do you think that ch- do you think that children, or do you believe that children maybe up to a certain age shouldn't be told that they have ADHD? It shouldn't be a thing that is oh. put on them. Right.
1: Oh, i agree completely i was told i had it for years they've just re-diagnosed me now with DHD um after 40 years so they got that wrong but so many children are given it and they're given um, like a ritalin or a drug yeah, that ritalin, yeah. it's like um it, it helps them they, they say they're supposed to help them focus but it doesn't it actually kind of makes them a bit more overwired and then they can't see the woods for the trees and this causes more problems and i think this is what came apparent from myself with my mental health particularly when i hit a particular low it's because I'm taking medication for ADHD, taking medication for depression, and I'm trying to work, trying to focus, and I couldn't focus, I couldn't see anything. My mind is 100 miles an hour, it doesn't stop. You know, it's like, ah! So I sort of rang and said, look, we need to get a re-diagnosis. I'm not convinced this is what's helping. They said, no, you've been given the wrong medication, you need to be given something that slows you down, not speeds you up. Yeah, yeah. They said there's a very fine line between ADHD and generalised anxiety disorder, and too many children are, are diagnosed, but they're not looking into it properly. They're asking them set questions from a textbook. They're not looking into their personality, they're not looking into their background, they're not doing brain scans. You can see so much from a brain scan. It costs £26 to have a brain scan on the, right. On the NHS. Right,
0: okay. That's interesting. and you
1: just think well why aren't they brain scanning them you can see dyslexia patterns you can see um, different patterns in the brain functions and you can help whether they are in medical or therapy then, either or but we don't do it, we go straight the expensive and yeah, put you on a, a therapy yeah. list but yeah, you but, never get to bottom
0: off but your question, you're asking a the question then you li- if, you listen to, if you listen to that what you just said, if you listen back to the thing and mm. I'll repeat it to you you said um, you don't know why to do that but then you said they put on yeah, on no, the most I do realize yeah then they yeah. put it on the most expensive thing. Yeah. yeah, of
2: course it is. That
0: is the core. That is the crux yeah. of it. The crux of it is we're not going to give you this it's thing that, Yeah, we're not going to give you this thing that's cheaper. Why? Why? Because we can't make any money from yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're not going to yeah, tell exactly. you. We're not going to tell you that um, let's just say let's just say um, the flu or the common cold. We're saying, yeah. We're not going to tell you what remedies you can have like lemon Drinking water, or let's no. just say headache, a headache. Yep. Most people can recover from headache from relaxing by relaxing and drinking plenty of water. Now, if we're not going to tell you that because water's free, <laughs> in a sense, yeah, the
2: pharmaceuticals aren't going to make any money there.
0: Yeah, they? no one's going to make any money of it. So even the thing, the the, the, the Ritalin thing, is you know, because I work with children.
1: And listen, that's a very expensive drug, yes, and they yes. give it out because the normalists make a lot of money out of it. Yes. But same and... as they do give out antidepressants, like they're going out of fashion. Um, I particularly here now in Wales, I don't know if you know this, but prescriptions are free. Right. So in England, people have to pay for medication, but we don't in Wales. So if you go down to the doctors, I could ask them for, well, I, I do, they'll we'll say, can I have this, can I have this, can I have this, can I have this? And they go, yeah, no problems, and just give it to me. And there's no because the government's paying for it, so they don't really care, you know? But these conglomerates are getting this money. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's Huge, huge amounts of money, to the point where people don't even buy paracetamol in this country, they get it on prescription, which is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's um, it's a, we're living in... in But
1: then some people need medication, and then I feel sorry, if like I said, I was always a battle against it, and I've been on and off different antidepressants over the years. Um, and I was like, no, I don't want to take them. Don't want to take them. They're controlling me. But sometimes you do need them, yeah. and it's this unfair that they they abuse, use and abuse them. I think. Yeah. So then people who really do need them, they're not there for them, and they're not readily available.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's the and that's another part of it is because they know people. Um, there's people Taking who can take it, who need it.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: Then by saying that there's people that but let's th- let's take the ritalin thing they know that there may be oh. some children that need that might need it yeah. they've been diagnosed and they've begun to test and they need it but by doing that what happens then is they put all people all the children or whoever it may be in the same yeah. if they're showing characteristics of that of these things yeah. then they, they will then they will put you then will say they'll advise your child Oh, your child needs this, or your child—they won't, like you say, they won't go to the scans, they won't um, go in depth for them. It's with somebody from from different, from the school, from this, from that, from different places talking about it, and all of a sudden, oh, we've got to put them in wrestling, and because it will do this and this, and then what happens is yeah. the the parent wants a peace of mind. They, they've, yeah. they've been, they've been. It's almost like they've been... Kind of
1: brainwashed in a way. I assume they've been brainwashed. And to be fair, for most parents, they don't have the education to know that it's... Exactly. Because they listen to doctors. Everyone's told we listen to the doctor, don't we? We listen to the doctor. We don't question the doctor. We listen to the doctor. So I think that's part of the cause and a lot, I don't know if it works again in other countries, but again with the ADHD, they say there's no ADHD in France, um, I believe they don't diagnose it in France because it's not a state problem, they say. So that here people get benefits for having ADHD or a child with ADHD. Right, and you're thinking, well, hang on a minute. So some parents yeah, actually yes, do yes, it yes, to yes, get the benefit,
0: to get the money, to get the, yes. I remember now because um, i remember working with children with ADHD and and some of the you know yep. some, some of the things that children have you know going through. There's children, there's children that are going through things, and we see that it's ADHD or ADD or whatever it may be, and give them um,
2: yeah. Meditation,
0: medication, but it, but it could be that the fact that it could be some sort of trauma, or it could be something yeah. that they're fearful of, or something. Yeah. Um,
2: or just
1: anger, just, just natural anger. anger anything. A lot of yes, anything. Who are really angry and they're not allowed to express anger. We're told, keep your anger in, you know, sit down, keep still, keep quiet. Most think of it I can't sit still, I need to keep moving, I need to play with something, I need to do something. And if you've told so you can imagine the first 18 years of your life in school sit down, sit still, keep still, keep still, keep quiet. You can you imagine that suppresses your brain? You need to be allowed to run around free and dump and, about and be silly. And, and I think that's why and a lot of children have got energy more now today is that they're suppressed and they yeah. should be allowed to go out and do what they want.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and quite often what I found and i don't know if thing think it's still the, the the case is that what they were doing it was, it was doing it it was more in boys so there was mainly giving it yeah definitely they was giving it more to boys and yeah. boys cuz the thing is with boys boys um we need we need women in females or females in 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 terms of gender oh. they can express themselves because the yeah, vocal. More
2: expressive, more yeah more expressive
0: yeah they've got, had more words in the vocabulary i think it's how many times more words like how many times how many hundred more, more words by the age of seven by, than a boy does and yeah. and what happens is a boy plays and because he has he plays that energy well this the, like you say we're talking about suppression so in the back back in the day <laughs> back in yeah. the day boys would do things like climb walls and And go scrumping or whatever, go into the clean and and, you know conquer[s] and do all these things, and those things are let let off steam, let off steam and taken away from them because of that. Um,
2: Yeah, and because it's causing more problems.
0: Yes, it's causing lots of problems. So, um, yeah, yeah, this whole thing to do with the pharmaceutical, um, you know, the Ritalin and all that sort of stuff. I remember a chat one of the one of the children going on it, and I remember being in the school and teaching the school and then I'd I i did not know I'd know that the boy they were saying that the boy was um was like maybe picking on people or whatever he may be doing, you know. You know, they're saying naughty or whatever. But why is it doing it, yeah, why is it again that's an effect,
1: isn't it? What's what's caused him to do that? Yeah, I I don't cause
0: I didn't say naughty or anything that that's not me. Um so then next one day all of a sudden he's... He's in the classroom, and you must, he might, he, I'm, and I'm going to go on to this as well. You, you know, you're going to, I'm sure you're going to talk about this as well. He just, he, all of a sudden He just sat, stood there, and he's, he's like, he's looking at the thing what I'm showing him, but it wasn't there. The, it, it was like yeah. it, it was vacant.
2: He
0: like was vacant. Yeah. Like he, he, and I said, "How oh, is, is he?" And I re- re- recognize that he's on medication.
2: Medication. Yeah.
0: Wow. Um, is this, this is what it, I mean, this is, I mean, I know what it does, but when it goes to that extreme where he's, he's vacant, he's in the class, but he's there, but he's kind of vacant and just look, looking and he's, it's, and he was, he was moving slower. Everything was taking slow, whereas before he'd rush around and stuff like that. And I, and I, and I thought, look at this. Now, if you look at the, what age the boy was, it would have been about seven or eight. You think it's just a wait a minute so you're going to put uh, yes i know i understand you know the parents and and they're going to struggle but you're going to put a child yeah
1: i know eight. it's hard to, well i know it's hard to be a parent i've got a 13 year old boy but uh, it, it is difficult but yeah it, it, i think if people are too quick to put them on something yes parenting is difficult kids are difficult but at that it can age be though you can't do that out but, that just, that you know,
0: but
2: at
1: matter. that
0: age but think about it at that age it's seven years old so that yeah. means if he's going to be yeah. on that for seven years old and they're saying that this could be a thing that could be a long-term thing, how much of that is going to be it's, going in his body for the next yeah. how many years? And when yeah. will he get Little better?
1: Rest of his life.
0: Yeah, when will he get better?
1: Yeah, never going to get better. what I'm saying, they need to find the cause of to maybe just, yeah, lots of things, anger built up, he needs to get out. Yeah. I think it's well well too much over-diagnosed, ADHD. Yeah, definitely. I don't think you can diagnose like, somebody until they're an adult with it um i think
0: children and children i think they should be treated separately as adults and i don't think a questionnaire could be a good diagnostic tool yeah definitely definitely and so um let's talk about because i mean we've we've um you know contacted you to kind of um, uh-huh. to talk about you and and you know your, you know your thoughts and mental health and and i can definitely hear hear from you know this, this first part this first what is it 15 20 minutes that with, you know your feelings about it let's talk about you and your journey and how what are you know some of the things maybe some of the words that you you might come up with that you might want to okay. I'll say or you know, explain to the to listeners because obviously people out there that are listening that might not understand certain things like ADHD and things like that. so okay. let's just talk about you and, and your journey and where you're born okay. and all that sort of stuff
1: um, well, I was—I'm forty-one now. I was born in uh, South Wales. I've always lived here all my life, um, and I said I had actually quite a, quite a nice upbringing. Um, my parents are still together after fifty years of marriage; still wow. very much in love. It's quite sickening, um, <laughs> <laughs> but they are, and it's lovely. So, and as I said, people always say um, and my illness, a lot of what I've got now, is the illness I talk about is trauma. and I don't believe it is because of childhood trauma at all, because I had a very nice upbringing, a very good childhood. Right. Um, about sixteen, I. I got glandular fever and I was very, very ill right. for about two years. Um, I missed a lot of my GCSEs because I wasn't well enough to take them and then I had to take them the year after. Um, and then from there I sort of progressed onto again like to, onto university because I felt like I had to, um, not because I wanted to. And I went to university to do a law degree and that lasted eight months and I left because I got severe depression, I wasn't in the right place, I didn't know what I was doing, I was drinking so much, I didn't know where I was or what I was doing. It just got absolutely ridiculous. And I was working part-time um, in Wix building supplies at the time, and a job came up as a forklift truck driver. So I quit college and drove home and applied for the job and became a forklift truck driver for a couple of years, wow. which really helped me, it really, really helped me for a couple of years. Um, and I didn't realise now, looking back, how much I loved that job. And then from that, society, I think, kind of pushed me to do um, what's classed as the norm. So you get married, I married at 24, as a child, um, you settle down, you have the standard job, you go from, you're always earning more money, you're always striving to do more and more and more. But all the time, my health was always questionable, I was always exhausted, always felt like an old person always kept going back to the doctors and saying there's something not well with me, there's something not right, I don't feel well. And they just used to dismiss me all the time. And this has obviously gone on from the time I was 16 to now. I've only finally got some diagnosis. And they would say, no, there's nothing wrong with you, go away. But I was diagnosed with, um, they told me I was a celiac, after putting a camera in. Um, and I cut gluten out, made no difference. And then they told me I had um, a couple of mental breakdowns, I had uh, anxiety disorders and stuff, just a few different things. I had IBS, just go away, there's nothing we can do for you. You're just depressed. You're just depressed. You're just depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and it sort of kept going on for years and years and years. And part of my fight now is say, look, I'm only depressed because of how I feel. I'm not, I don't have depression depression, so to speak, I do have depression, but not as a chemical imbalance depression or from a trauma or something I've suffered, I have an illness where I have fibromyalgia and I have IBS, I have neuralgia and I have um, a few things in, in, like with arthritis on my spine, but because of that physical unwellness, that frustrates me because my brain is still 100 miles an hour, but my body is going nuts not happening (laughs) yeah yeah. so i get very very frustrated and then very very depressed about it because i can't do what everybody else does i can't go dancing i can't go jumping about i can't have a great night out i can't go and um, spend all the day around the beach because i get so physically exhausted that i just want to sleep or i'm sleeping all the time and then i can't sleep so then that brings on the depression so it's a vicious circle and I just feel like, personally, I've been let down by system after system after system because they just say, you've got depression and give you antidepressants. They don't look at the reasons, they don't look at the causes, they don't look at how it's come about and how to help you. And I think that's my biggest, I'm, you can probably hear the anger in my voice, I'm still can, quite angry yeah, yeah, after, my, after my diagnosis because I feel it's just me, it's other people I've seen who've been let down. And I've lost friends who committed suicide this year and last year because they've been let down. By the system and that's what makes me quite angry i said that like, people i was in school with two lads i was in school with um committed suicide last year yeah. and you just think they're 41 what a waste you know yeah. they had everything to live for but they weren't given the help and support they were needed you just say oh you're depressed give you one and then they send you away with those dose expect you to get better it doesn't work like that you're depressed for a reason and they need to find out what that reason is whether it's chemical whether it's emotional whether it's trauma whatever it is They need
0: to find the root cause and work with that. Yeah, yeah. I remember someone saying that. um, Why can't we fix if we if we can go to if we Mm. can go to the hospital and get our leg fixed if it breaks? Why can't we get our 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 head fixed? Our head fixed. Our mental health fixed because it's it's, that can even lead you even down a a far worse path than breaking your leg. Well, it does because break your leg, you break it and it can can mend it. But the mental health can go on for years and years and years, and it can lead to some some then, really damaging things. Um, yeah. So there's a couple of things there, um, and we'll talk about some of the some of the words that you use there, because um you know it'd be, it'd be interesting to, to know kind of go in depth, not in, let, so much in depth, but just to let them know. Okay. What glandular fever? Um, I remember yeah. something I've never i haven't heard for a while. I remember something. <laughs> right. School. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? Tell them about what's glandular fever.
1: Or glands are fever. They used to call it a kissing disease, which is quite bad. Yeah. Back when I was 16. I don't know how yeah. many people have a snogging at 16. Yeah. Um, so, it must be the kissing disease. Um, but it's still with your glands um, inside. So, obviously, all your glands are in your neck, in your arms, in your body. And it was a bit like, it's kind of like a meningitis-type illness, but it's just not as well-known as meningitis. But it can cause long-term damage to immune to your autoimmune system. Right. And it's a bit like, um, say like when people get cold sores, you've got what we call the herpes virus, and it stays in your system. So when you're really stressed or you run down, then that, that herpes comes out into your system, doesn't it? In cold sores, and blisters. Right. With glandular fever, that stays in your system forever. Nobody tells you when you're younger, but it stays there. So if you get stressed or run down or ill, it progresses and then again makes you ill. So I spent many years with tonsillitis and chest infections and just thing after that, everything that everybody had around me, I would catch because my immune system was so low. Because it's like an autoimmune disease, and then all the other things came from that. So I think um, a lot of people, um, or what I'm trying to actually with a lot of scientists now, is trying to get them to look into glandular fever as the main root cause for an awful lot of autoimmune diseases that are out there. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of autoimmune diseases and their mental health are the same because they've done something, they've messed up the wiring in my brain somewhere. Yeah. So whereas when I was ill, um, my fight-or-flight symptoms stopped working because I was so ill. And I think that's what the problem now is. My fight-or-flight doesn't work. I'm permanently in fight mode All right. because of what happened when I was 16. And I think that that's um, a, a, a wiring issue, like I said, that's happened, that we need to look at and how we can ever cure or solve that problem. Yeah. I think it would make a huge in-depth mental health because, i yeah, something's happened there. And if we can rewire a bug, why can't we rewire a human?
2: Yeah, yeah, why,
1: why are we looking into it? Why do not we put the research into it? Why exactly. don't we help and
0: look at it rather than just masking it and giving it drugs? Yeah, and I was because the reason why I hit upon that is because you you kind of gave us a snapshot of everything that you so you got you after that you said you yeah. had that for a long time and
2: yeah, I was, sort of, excuse me, I yeah, yeah,
1: I was ill for very long. Time. Um, I, um, I said, yeah, I, I, had my mother, well, I had my son when I was, oh, was I, I said, 28, um, yeah, was so I had my son when I was 28, it was a very, very bad pregnancy, I was very ill, I had pre-eclampsia all the way through the pregnancy, right. um, they took him out four weeks early, right. um, so he was really premature, and then we were both rushed in, so he was rushed into the baby unit, okay, and I was rushed into the other ward, because I had about three pints of blood right. left in me. And they were like, there's something seriously wrong, I looked so grey, I looked like John Major, it was ridiculous. (laughs) Um, So the guests gave me several blood transfusions to bring me round again. Um, And then I came home and I had severe baby blues um, and depression after that. But again, that wasn't diagnosed until my son was about six or seven. Right. So, but then it's a bit late, isn't it? And I said, yeah, yeah. you do all the things you think your child is challenging and take all these tests, but there's nothing wrong with him, he's just a normal little boy, you know? Um, but you're not sure because of your own mental health. Then um, I ended my bulb as a removed. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, they told me for years and years, I was in so much pain. I used to arms on the floor and go into A&E quite a lot here and say, there's something wrong with my stomach, there's something wrong. No, but I guess they to send me home. If send me home. I was in so much pain, and then one day I could afford to pay to have a scan done privately for myself because I was convinced it was my gallbladder from a family problem. So it cost me £68 to have a private scan done in the hospital. I went in and had the scan of my gallbladder, and they rushed me in there and then to take it out because they said it was full of gallstones, it looked like it was about to burst, they couldn't believe the state it was in. So again, I felt let down by the health service because they hadn't looked at it or they just dismissed me. Yeah. And they took my gallbladder out. Um, And then I said after that gallbladder, I took it out and then they told me because I was in pain every day before I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Um, I went back and forth, and they said it's because I got divorced and I'd become a bad divorce that it caused me trauma in my body. Um, they said it was because I'd, um, I'd like I said, set a business and I'd had to lose my business and I'd been through so many traumas in my life with the pregnancy and the birth. This is what caused my fibromyalgia. But I'm, I'm just not convinced. I think it all goes back to when I was 16 and this initial problem happened, um, and that's caused all the other issues ongoing, you know? Yeah. Because they never looked at that particular. It's just progressed on to other things.
0: Yeah. And um, um, tell the listeners about what is fibromyalgia?
1: So, fibromyalgia is what they're saying is like it's a, it's a nervous disorder. Um, it's where my fight or flight is broken. So, my body is always fighting itself. So my nerve endings are permanently sort of on edge, so as if I'm frightened, so I feel frightened all the time, or I'm in pain. So you get like pins and needles, you get like an um, electric shock to your body, it's like there's a storm. I always imagine myself as one of those um, Marvel characters, yeah, yes. um, <laughs> but there's a storm inside my body and yeah. the electrical shock. So like if two people on electric, which I've heard, um, but it sort of runs through your body, and sometimes it's horrific pain in your head, and then it's gone. Or it's a dull ache or it's an itch and it's just a constant and there is no letter from it just it's just ongoing and ongoing and then people always say with fibromyalgia the only break you get is when you're asleep but we can't sleep because we've got insomnia so you become into a vicious circle so it's really hard and then i think that triggers my depression because i'm not sleeping properly so then you get into a lack of sleep and ongoing thoughts you can't do everything yeah. So it's a very complex condition but they say they can't prove it. Your bloods come back normal, your um or they do like um inflammatory tests come back normal, um they check you for everything, it all comes back normal. So then they say, Right, we don't know what's wrong with you, so we can tell you you've got fibromyalgia.
0: At your lowest at your lowest point during those times.
1: Yeah.
0: How was how did again, uh, uh, this sounds um maybe rhetorical no, no, or, okay. or rhetorical or anything like that, but I'm trying to get I want the listeners to kind of get an idea of what it was like to go through that you know your lowest point what what was you? What were your thoughts you know was it why me you know
1: what? no I've never really thought why me I think my thought is what's the point in living anymore and like, you do get that so depressed where you think all I'm doing is existing hmm. so I get up in the morning I'm in pain I go to work I have to work to buy pain medication because a lot of it I don't get to, because you've got to go and buy it and I've got to work to keep the roof over my head and over my son's head and then I finish work perhaps for I'm exhausted I'll often be sick because I'm quite sick quite a lot with that I get nausea um i've got permanent ibs i'm tired i go to bed i get up and I do the same thing day in day out the point? Mm. there's no point to life it's like that you're just existing i'm not living my life I'm just existing and that's and you feel lonely because like of that and i i, I can emphasize so much with anybody else with fibromyalgia that loneliness they feel um not i don't think they even feel like me sometimes like me i think what have i done I know I've probably done some really bad things when I was younger but I'm I'm not um, a religious person so I'm not very much about why me I'm more of an anger of why aren't they helping me not why me and I'm just existing and I need help to learn to live with this condition and there needs to be more research and more help into it to help people and people often say that fibromyalgia is caused by depression and that's one of the things that's out there is a mental health disorder it's all in your mind um, there's no such real pain, it's all your head telling you so. Even if it is your head telling you so, you're still getting the pain. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't really matter where it comes from. It's that we need to look at finding cures and helps um, to sort it. Because again, as like we said earlier, break the leg, you go fix it. And I, I'm going to sound really controversial, okay? I'm not to say this, but sometimes I've been really angry with certain people on the telly and I'm watching telly and I'm watching people and even people with physical disabilities I'm jealous of them because they've got and they can show the disability so I'd see somebody with um, a prosthetic leg or um, an arm and they get so much support and help and recognition for being warriors and they're not in pain every day they're not suffering every day they're sorted and then there's so many millions of people with mental health issues who are suffering in pain every day and they're just
2: turned away as if
0: there's nothing, and that would make me quite angry yeah, and so you're you're um, you're not angry because of what you've got or the things that yeah. you have and the combination of things that have happened over the years you're more angry towards the fact that it's not it's not being treated it's not being treated and and those who and do you feel that um that sometimes that when you're when you're angry the anger has a i'm saying it this way, but do you feel that you're sometimes you're you, do you get to a point you think, where you're so angry that you it's having a, a negative impact on the way you on your on your body and, the, and your and your life huge thing yeah, because I, I feel
1: like yeah I'm so angry that yeah I like physically you can feel it and it does and then the anger takes over. I said, and then they give you medication to suppress that anger. And then you just become a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I was on um, I amateur I they put me on. And I was like a zombie for years. Because they were like, you're angry, you're angry. I was like, I am angry. Because I can't solve, I, I can't control what I've got. I've got it. I think I was, I'd always meant to have it genetically. Or I got it from when I was like, 16 and that's it. It's done. There's no point looking back because you can't. It's about how we can fix it. And like I said, there's the hole
0: with everybody and I see they see there's no way out. There's always a way out. We just need to find the way out and there really needs to be more help on how to fix it. Yeah. And during, you know, during those times, forget, let's oh. just, I'll say forget, but I mean, at this moment in time, we will kind of pass on the part of the glandular fever. The next part, yeah. where you said you got depression and you went to university and all that sort of stuff. How yeah. did you, man- how, 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 how have you managed to cope? Did you have friends and family around you? How have you, as, as... Person who's going through all these di- um, different things, um, and knowing that these things exist, and you're you're, you know, you you you're wondering why they exist. How did you manage to cope? Um, to, to be honest, I
1: don't know. I really don't know, um, my parents are brilliant, but I didn't really ever talk to them about it. Right. I think they're of a certain generation where we don't talk about things. <laughs> yeah. um, cause they're in the 70s and they just didn't, it's just we're not like that. Um, so I think, no, I think I suppressed it for a very long time, um, actually for my first marriage, very much so because I felt like I wasn't listening to it at all. And I think it was only on meeting my partner now, we've been together about four years, the understanding that he's got, make such difference that he's there to listen and not to judge and not to pity me um, but to help me and make me a stronger version of myself and I found newer friends and I said my best friend lives in Australia but I still speak to her once a week we still speak all the time you know back and forth and you find friends as you grow older I think who accept you a little bit differently yeah. but it's a shame that it does take sometimes I think you get past 30 to find that.
0: So, did you, so another thing as well because you we talked about, I, I mentioned that, the thing to cope, so that and then you reeled off a few things there, like friends. Oh. And even if your family, you, they, you probably, even if, you like you say, they didn't, you weren't able to speak to them, you're able to know that there's a family there, or, and I said, now you... Yeah, you know they're there. Yeah, yeah you know and I think there.
1: that's the difference. There's no they're there to pull back on. Yeah, if they're um, not
0: there... Yeah, if you're uh-huh. not there, you're probably thinking, well, who do I turn to? So you had your friends, so, in in those times, so do you feel that after when you had your child, did you feel yep. that, was you at a point where you're feeling that, of, of course I've got to carry on living because I've got my child, or yeah. that yes. wasn't, that yeah, wasn't yeah. part of it? Well,
1: it comes and goes, I would get points where I would be so bad if I think I'm not doing him a justice, I mean his mother, he could have a better mother than me, yeah. somebody else could do a better job if I, if I went. Um, his father could remarry and move on and he'd have a much better mother, i feel selfish because I'm not doing this with him, I'm not playing this game with him, I don't want to sit and read about him because I can't be interested. And when you get so, you're in that kind of whirlwind, it's, it's an awful feeling. But then you don't do anything about it because of them. So you're you kind of then trapped in your own head and that's, that's yeah, that's the scary bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think we're kind of, I think we're, that part where I'm getting at is that um, mm. for, for a lot of people, like you said, they would have, they would have gone ended up in you know, maybe psychiatric ward or wherever maybe you know yeah. self-diagnosis or whatever go google you know you know self-diagnosis or they go and see a therapy then tells them to go and check themselves in and you in a sense haven't you might have gone the google road or whatever but you haven't you haven't no. done you haven't done that you've done that for a different purpose you might have gone and checked to see whether what is this how can i recover and I'm trying to gauge yeah. of where has that strength even though you might feel that you haven't, haven't had the strength oh, where has that come from? Where's it and, come from? Yeah, has it come from You know from, I don't know? Yeah. Is it come I from just think upbringing? Of your
2: stubbornness, maybe?
1: Is it come
0: from yeah, is it come from your upbringing? Is it come from you know what? Was yeah, it, you don't give
1: up. My my parents got a very good woman ethic. Um, and yeah, you never give up. Um my grand had MS um, I did see my gran suffer um, quite a lot so I saw it and she never gave up and she had to give up. I said all sorts of things, I said yeah, gluten and alcohol and all sorts of things that she wanted yeah. but she never gave up so I think she would, she determination probably yeah going back to families. Yeah. Um, I'm just a very stubborn person I think. Yeah.
0: It's, funny, it's funny, it's funny because when you, when I ask you, you'll say oh, I'm not sure but then when it, when you start to look in further maybe yeah. it's the questions you start to realize that yes um i have had some things to help me cope but and i've also had um somebody you 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 were kind of highlighted then your grandma which is something you didn't speak about For your yeah. grandma had um mm. would have been, yeah multiple she would be she would have been struggling and you saw that and you probably looked and thought you know what um she you know she's not going to give up i don't want us to give up um even though she yeah, hasn't. she didn't give up and she
1: didn't yeah she didn't get up until she was 84 and yeah. it makes me look back now and say because I, I always say to myself I'm, I'm only 41 I'm only young but I pain. She, she lived 84 and lived a good life with MS and I think she, if she can do it we can all do it I
2: yeah.
0: just can't give up I was going to say to you as well um, I'm going to you know I'm not um, I'm not going to sit here and profess to be some sort of doctor or you know something <laughs> like that but I would say a, a lot of I would say the vast, maybe all of it, or the vast majority of the um, problems that you, have, you find that you're having now, or had, or over the last how many years, I would say this yep. stem from the, um, the fever. Um, because yeah. I would say that that I would have had, because you said it. If you had it for a long time, and I remember, it, it's, I remember this, because you're the first person to say it on the podcast, glad it. and it's something that I have heard for years. And, okay. And it's something that's back from school days gangela fever and so I thought that must be something that's triggered your immune system because you said everything apart from up to that point you were healthy you were well um you know your life was going well everything was uh, up until that point and you had it for a long time it just that I would say because when you said earlier as well when you said trauma it wasn't trauma and but that is trauma there because that's trauma Uh, uh,
1: yeah. It
0: was a medical trauma, not
1: because of something like has yes,
0: in my life yes, yes, or around
1: was, me, because I, I have a really good
0: family. Yes, that um, was, yeah, yeah, because that trauma there affects your body. So, like for instance, stress. Yeah, we, we yeah. often we often sort associate trauma to, um, some you know somebody hitting us or, you know, or some you know car hitting us or whatever it may be, some sort of something that's happened to us that, um, yeah. physically or mentally impacts us in that way, but really trauma. It to the body is even can be even more debilib- debilitating because yeah. it can affect you for a, a long time because then it has a knock on effect to the rest of your body. Um, so it changes, yeah. just a medical
1: trauma, I think it's a chain of events again. Because like, I, I have been in a car accident, um, and I think that made it initially a lot worse. I was in a car accident about four and a half years ago, yeah. Um, in Ireland I love this, lovely bit story. So I went a holiday with my friend Kelly, we went over to Ireland for a long weekend and the, the guy from the place was in an Airbnb and he was offering to give us a lift back to the airport um, so it was past the package and it was about 4 o'clock in the morning and um, I got in the back and there was an Italian couple next to me and my friend sat in the front and then the guy from the, the Airbnb gave us a lift back to the airport at so about so if, yeah, 3 or 4 in the morning he crashed into a car at the traffic lights, full-on bought into a taxi at the traffic lights um, about a mile away from the airport, outside on this big massive little carriageway in Ireland. Um, the car started smoking. Everything was like, the airbags all went off. So we had some like panics, we also stopped. I remember getting out of the car. I remember throwing up as soon as I got out of the car because I'd knocked my head on the window. But I gave us our suitcases, put them on the hard shoulder and said, um, I'll be back. Got in the car and drove off and left us there. So he left us in the middle of the central reservation in the road about a mile away from the airport. So the four of us had to be really ill and just been in a massive car accident. Had to get to the airport to try and get our flights. And I think that trauma on my body pushed
0: it all to the point where it was like, wow, now I can't go back. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, that's a pretty good story. And, and, and
1: it
0: was and so th- that there, with so many things that have happened to you, it's a combination of...
2: It's mm-hmm. a combination of all of them, yeah. A combination
0: of all but of but them. But as I, as would, I, I would say the glandular fever is the one that kick-started it all, particularly with your, your autoimmune system and, the, and inside your body. Um, that then causes the impact of um, because we know that there's certain things that we know things like gut health if we know simple things we know simple things simple thing is if we feel down we go and go and try and get a drink to try and soothe us or we try and we eat loads of cake now that then the cake yeah yeah, so the cake then on sweets then cause an impact on our body and changes the way our body looks the way yeah.
1: we and I think you crave the food that you can't have as well. Yes. I think body purposely craves some wine, because will crave some plastic wine, or they you know craving a cake-borne chocolate, because I'm supposed to be lactose-free, and everybody will crave it to the point where I'm like, I give in, and give in, and give in, and give in, and in. And then you give in, and you eat it and then you're kicking yourself and doing it, and go, why did I give in? Yeah. So you give it in to yourself. Yeah,
0: yeah so it's, it's, it's... So we know from just that simple thing, it causes... A simple food can cause like for instance, a yeah. spicy meal can cause us to, to, um, you know, maybe bring it back up. It, it changes the way yeah. things change the way our body, uh, our body alters, and we don't know what's happened until maybe um, a year, uh, yeah, like a year later. They often say this thing to do with phantom, um, phantom um, pain or whatever. Where you've had trauma, yeah, and it's
1: and, drawn, yes. it manifests later on,
0: doesn't it? Yes yes and that's and that is again our body saying to us that that's where the pain was yeah. a long time ago so it's it's very yeah. interesting that you've you 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 kind of understand where it's not it's like you, yeah how do i now heal it that's that's,
1: that's the bit that's the journey, part of my journey now that i'd like to make a difference is i feel like i know where it's come from now i know where it's come from how do i cure it. how do I help myself and then yeah. help other people on oh my journey with fibromyalgia and similar, you know, to be able to have a care plan. they same saying there's no cure, why can't there be a care plan that can help us mm. to minimise the symptoms or manage them?
0: Yeah, so if there's no no cure, that means it's got, yeah, like you said, there has to be something in place which can, because you never know yeah. if something else is, if something else is nullified in, in, in your body, something... It yep. could trigger the fact that that then becomes less pain, or that becomes that. You, do you know what I mean? It's almost like, yeah, yeah you said if there's a web there, change the links
1: it's, links, yeah. Yes, and if something, the web is that, of
2: you know.
0: Yeah, so then if something is is not if something is kind of cut on that part or kind of squeezed on that part, it might not cause much pain on this end. Um, and and yeah. vice versa, like a chain reaction. and like a change reaction. Uh, so I think I think yeah. what, for you, you you what I like, what I like from this, from your, yeah. from what you're telling me is that you become you you be your, your stubbornness because when we say stubborn, again, uh, words are very. I will say this on the podcast. Words are very impactful and powerful. We often yeah. use the word stubborn in a negative light because. Maybe we've been taught oh, that from yeah. school and blah, blah, blah. But the, stubborn, the word stubborn can actually mean things like um, you're determined. Well, someone who's stubborn mm. is determined to do this, say this, and and to find out stuff. Or that's what, mm. that's, the, that's the positive side. You know, we often say, oh, stubborn, oh, you're very stubborn, you are. And we say it. But why? Mm. Why do we say that? Yeah. If a person is, yeah. is, that's his will or her, his or her will, then... You, we can't knock that. So your will has been to find to get this, and you, you're here to live the tale because, like you said, mm-hmm. you live in you live in an area where there's been, are uh, you yeah. uh, you know high suicide rate. You yeah. you haven't gone that route. Why? Because your stubbornness, which is determination yeah. to find out how can I fix me, yeah. how can I fix me. But if i fix me i can fix I can others people. yeah that
1: would be lovely and i think i tried to fix others first and i did it the wrong way around um and i said yeah it's taken me to my 40s to realize that so now you focus on me and then from that i can hopefully
0: help others yeah and i'll say this again my mum my says this nothing happens before it's time so if you were to fix others yeah. if you were to fix yourself then
2: you, you it wouldn't want
0: to, have been right. Yeah, you want to. Yeah, it wouldn't have been at the right time. You wouldn't have gone through this journey. So, you know, no. your journey now is the second part. This part, this this kind of thing where you know what's happening is is the how do I how one how do I maybe um, use my what we say anger or frustration? How do yeah. I? How what's do
1: I Share my knowledge now of what I've learned, to put
0: to good. Yeah. and that's what I'm trying to do. Is find a care plan that works for me, and then put it to good use to help yeah. other people. And and so for you, um, and it's like I say, it's a, you know, it's, it's it's Women's International Day today, and it is, yeah, and it's fantastic hearing what you know what you know your story and what you've what you've gone through. What are your what are what are some of the things that you like to do? What what what? What is it that keeps you, you, and keeps you going?
1: Um, oh, well, that's a deep question. I think uh, talking, I'm a talker. I'm a people person. Um, I like people. And I think more as I'm getting older, what keeps me going. It is it's the world around me. I <laughs> think there's a big world out there that I need to go and see. I want to see it. Because they all see what's the meaning of life and, and all that. I think oh, there's a whole big world. I'm never going to get to see it all. But I'd like to see most of it. Yeah. and I think that's what drives me on is to get well enough to be able to go and see the world and yeah. enjoy it and look
0: at all the beauties around us and what are the things that for now you want to do with that what are the things that are, are going to are going to keep are, are keeping you going and happy your, your family, your friends, your... yeah uh,
1: yeah, my son, yeah my, fi- son. my boyfriend, um, boyfriend, yeah my friend um, I've changed my job. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. I think you need to be in a job with a supportive employer that can help you if you've got any form of invisible illness or disability. Um, that, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just finding focus and making time for yourself and learning to let yeah the guilt go. Really, of, you you have guilt in your system, don't you? Feel guilt for feeling angry, yeah. and you need to let that go.
0: Yeah, on how you how how is your how was your because you said it's the first kind of was it this your boyfriend now is the kind of first time you've yeah. opened up. How how was that? How was that situation where you you've kind of opened up to him? Um he
1: physically saw it. I think I didn't ever have to open up to him. He as soon as we met we we fell in love as soon as we met in spain um it was lovely i was a bit too early after my divorce i'm gonna be honest i had not divorced very long so it was a bit soon and i had plans to spend a bit of time on my own Um, I think things happen for a reason. Yeah. But we would go into trouble he would always see me being exhausted or me in pain and always wonder. And it was always like, he's like, no, it's not in your head. You're not being a hyper He helped me see that there was something wrong. He helped me fight and go back and go, look, I'm seeing this firsthand, you know? It's not you. You've got no reason to feel like this or be like this. you something not right. So he helped me in a way by being my kind of mirror, you know, in a way, just to sit with me and be with me. And also by not... because it didn't, say this but my last relationship I said on my, my marriage was it was very much gaslighted um so that causes huge problems so then have the complete opposite now makes such a difference when somebody believes you and puts their faith in you what a difference that can make
0: yeah and how's things with your, your, your son because obviously someone has seen the changes in you and 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 knowing that's this is his mom how's he feel towards <laughs> you and and ah!
1: okay he's a bit ambivalent sometimes because he's 13 year old and he does make fun of me sometimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> when i have to take a walking stick out and he steals it and runs away um and he just says mom you're nuts we know you're nuts you've always been nuts so it's like right okay yeah. so we're quite open about it and i always do i'm quite open i would say about mental health or if i'm on a bad day or a good day because i'm very much aware. Like i said, in lockdown now how he is i'm saying how do you feel are you feeling okay in your head you're everything and sometimes he'll get upset but then he can feel open and tell me anything because he knows i'm I understand. So I think it's kind of yeah. He's helped my son help me. I said, my son and my partner really helped me. Yeah, that. I got two very positive male role models, and I said my son's only
0: thirteen. Yeah, that's no, that's really good because the reason why I ask those things is because like you say, you've got support there, and also the thing to do with your yeah. son, he would have watched you growing up, and quite often we, me being a me being a, a, a son myself, um, yeah. I'm not, I was, you know, I I was never asked how I felt towards this, this and this, I've always kept it in, I've always kept things like, when I say the domestic violence and the, it's what, what I saw and all that sort of stuff, it was always in me. I never mentioned it or I mentioned it to people you know, or person, but I never, it's always been something that's in me and I never spoke about it with, you know, my mum and all that sort of stuff. So what you've got there is a is a relationship where you... Yes, yeah. he pokes fun, right. but, but boys tend to, I'm not saying wimp girls aren't, but I'm talking about your no, perspective. Boys, right. boys are very That's his
2: way of dealing with it.
0: Yeah, and boys are very loving as well, very feeling, because yeah. it's that connection with the mum, not wanting to leave yeah. the side. But I
1: always say to him, yeah. You know, I said it him with life, but he has a choice, everything is a choice. If he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't have to do it, including this Covid jab, he's not having it, because he decided, he doesn't want it, it's going to hurt, he doesn't want it, but it is his choice. He has a human right, he has the choice to do what he wants to do, and it's his life, and he should always have a choice. Yeah.
0: And I was going to say to you as well, because the reason why, was, again, another reason why I was asking you why, what are some of the things that you want to do and what you'd like to do is because I remember earlier you were saying something about those times where you felt angry towards people who maybe um, have, who are able-bodied or not able-bodied or disabled. Like, yeah. And yeah. Able-bodied or yeah.
1: disabled yeah. but abled. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And for you, it's about finding what, what, what works for you. You're not, yeah, yes, you can't run. You might know where to run the fastest thing, you might know where to do this is it's about what. Um, and after, after a certain age, <laughs> some of us can't run really anyway. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I can't do
1: anything, probably it. I used to be a kickboxer as well, unfortunately. So, I used to kickbox and I used to teach children like kicking children to the world, uh, um, like Olympics of so kickboxing, and I loved it. And I was so fit, so I think to go from being very fit to very unfit is very difficult to deal with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's not a case of I wanna be able to just walk the dog some days and I can't. And yeah. that's very, very frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I want to be yeah. able to sit still and not be in pain. Yeah. It's not even about walking or, or doing it. It's just, it's just still pain. without being it's in
0: pain. Just pain. Yeah. So now you need to find a remedy for that both both yeah. a physical yeah. which then impacts
1: yeah and, and impacts
0: mental yes. Yeah. 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 So like I say, um you know I I've said this to people on the podcast, and I'm going to say this to you. At some point, wouldn't it be nice if you did? When you once you found these things, you found what it might be, or in your journey to find these things, maybe it could be a case of writing something, writing a book, or something yeah. to for you because it will bring a smile to your face, um, and then for others. It, you know your book's out there it could be something like that or some sort of um journal or whatever on how you manage yeah. to get this this and this and what it is and I'm just saying that because when I hear these where when I hear some of the some of these um when I hear the podcasts and, and people come on who have been through so much I often say they should some of them they should write a book if they can if they're able yeah. to or do something which is You get to put the knowledge out there, rather than it just being sitting on a a podcast or thing vocal. It's out there um, in the world, so they can go to it and actually um, read it and take knowledge from it. So, but yeah, um, I'd say yeah. Where can you be found? By the way, do you have a website?
1: Um, No, I'm just on Instagram. It's just me on Instagram. Just yeah, just a normal person. (laughs) just just an instagram i only started my fibrogenia said when i got diagnosed about and 4 months ago right that's when i went on to do instagram i've always been on instagram as like, myself um well, I'm Tony totally Tequila, actually. As soon as I got divorced, I wasn't told. He didn't tell me he was divorcing me. So I had a letter through the post. I, I was divorced. Right. So I instantly changed my name on all social media from Hughes to Tequila. <laughs> so I thought, <laughs> right, God, yeah, I'm going to change my name. Because <laughs> I can't change it legally, so I'm going to change it. So yeah, that was a bit of a strange one. But you know, I'd love to do And I said, I admit, I said now I'm eventually, now i am linking to come with my eyebrow. I'd like to so I get a bit more followers on on my Instagram and maybe yes, yeah, do some kind of podcast or something to put together when i found the answers, you know, when I've got a bit more clarity yeah, yeah. and then I would really love go out there and say look, we need to be doing this, we need to be doing this, we need to be doing this but right now I think I'm still on my journey yeah, so I'm, I'm in the middle of it I'm yeah. nowhere near the end to be yeah. writing it all down yet but yeah, I'm definitely. taking note of what's happening in the middle
0: Definitely and um, how? what would you say to people that may be struggling with um, fibromyalgia and depression, anxiety, all these things what particularly fibromyalgia which they may not know yeah. they have or they might know now what would you say to them who may be struggling
1: right i would say reach out to somebody else who's been diagnosed with it because we have such a strong community that has helped me so much in the last year hugely whether it's my um, facebook sites on instagram, instagram. we have made friends online friends i've never spoken to never seen but we chat now, and I'll say I'm having a bad day, and they'll pick you up and say, Why well, do this or do that? Or you will talk about symptoms, we share things, we share medication stories, we share what works and what doesn't work, and it just makes you feel like you're not going mad because there's somebody else that feels it and there's somebody else that's there to talk to. So I say to reach out to those support networks, yeah. and you'll find a lot of them are all coming to link where there's fibromyalgia, there's ME, there's chronic fatigue syndrome, there's MS. There's um, Sporadic Syndrome, um, and there's, there's a whole sort of family of us out there that all support each other, and all of us are the best and, and warriors because we're all working together to fight the same thing. And I think the same answers might be at the end of most of it. So we all need to work together.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, I'd say I'd, I'd say thank you for coming on the podcast and okay. and talking about your journey and your thoughts. And you know, you know, I hope the question wasn't to think it was um, i mean i've just felt for me i just a lot of these things i've i've heard of fibromyalgia and and yeah you know i've looked into it and then for others out there they may not have may not know um and like you said there's a community out there because i've noticed there's um there's people with on on their instagrams with who say a fibromyalgia so yeah so thank you for coming on um
2: thank
0: you i know it's pretty off the cuff off the cuff say hello to your um your, your boyfriend and your son and I will do. And, and make sure you get this
1: what we podcast, bless him. This is really good.
0: Make sure you make sure you get this message out there. Um and if you ever want if you want to come on uh. again to talk about any of the things not about you but to any of the things in depth, um okay. maybe just say, you know, you could come on and talk about fibromyalgia in depth or it could be um, you know, anxiety in depth, something um, maybe a couple of okay. episodes more where we could um, actually speak of them. In yeah,
2: okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah, lovely.
0: Right. And that Thanks. was Women Are Nuts. Speak to you soon.